Savoring is kind of unlocking the hidden choir in the good sounds around us and also becoming more aware of the bad sounds around us. So there are even mundane sounds that can be incredibly beautiful that we dismiss as meaningless or trite or boring. I remember, I mean, every sound has harmonics in it. Sound is made up of a fundamental and lots of harmonics. And that's why my voice sounds different from yours. It's why a trumpet and a flute playing the same notes sound different. They have different harmonics. Now, those harmonics exist. We just don't hear them very clearly. And I remember after doing a workshop on harmonic singing, I turned on the car engine and suddenly I could hear all the harmonics in the car engine. It was like suddenly seeing a rainbow. So these things exist. And if we become more attuned to listening carefully, we can actually unlock the hidden choir, as I say, in lots of different sounds. Try, you know, turn on a kettle and listen to it closely with your ear near the bass, not the spout. You'll get <laughs> you'll get rather hot if you're too if you're near the wrong end. But you know, the sound of a kettle, I think, is a really beautiful, powerful, exciting sound if you pay attention to it. And there are many, many sounds around us that we can really relish and enjoy and savor in that way. The fourth exercise is quite a powerful and quite a subtle one, actually. So let me explain it. I call it listening positions. Now, this comes from that observation that everybody's listening is unique. We all listen through a set of filters. That's why your listening is different from mine. You, you've come a different road to this conversation today from my road. And we, we have the same language, roughly. <laughs> we have different cultures. And we have different sets of mentors, different parents, different role models through our lives where we've accreted different values, attitudes, beliefs. You know, we have a different set of filters that we listen through. And in any given situation, of course, all of us also have probably expectations, intentions. We might have emotions going on. We might have assumptions about the world and about people. These things all filter our listening. They change what we pay attention to and they change what we make it mean. So if that's the case, we are listening from a particular position. Now, I don't mean a physical position. Imagine there's a house on a hill, and if you don't like it the way it looks from here, you can walk around the other side of the hill, can't you, and see if it looks better from the other side. That's the kind of metaphor I'm talking about. Most people are listening at the bottom of that hill from a concrete bunker they created years and years ago probably listening through a little slit in the front of the concrete bunker to just a very small part of what's going on. And they've forgotten that there is actually a door in the back of the bunker. They can exit the bunker and walk to somewhere else and listen from a different position. Maybe a couple of examples would make this clear. So let me give you a scale from critical, for example, to empathic. Now, Critical listening is what we tend to do a great deal in our lives. In business particularly, it's very useful. It's extracting what's particularly useful and relevant right now, discarding what isn't, judging, evaluating, weighing up, and saying, you know, this is useful stuff or it's not. I agree with this. I don't agree with that. It's what the listeners have been doing to me pretty much since we started this interview, I imagine. Empathic listening, on the other hand, is very different. That's going on to the other person's island, feeling their feelings and leaving them feeling not just heard, but understood. I don't know if uh, you've ever heard this one, but I think this is very true. It's said 
that there are three things we desire in any relationship to be heard, understood, and valued. Well, empathic listening does two of those in one. It's a very powerful way to listen to somebody. And of course, you know, critical listening, very useful. But if somebody comes to you asking for time off for a bereavement, then you don't want to be marking them out of 10 in how well they're doing this. You want to be, you know, with them on their island, feeling the feelings and showing them that you're connected at a heart level. So that's the kind of difference I'm talking about in listening positions. And uh, I guess I'll give you one other scale. This is a slight gender stereotype, but it may be useful, particularly since I think this podcast has a largely male audience. It may be useful to understand that genders tend to have different habitual listening positions. Now, this isn't a universal truth. I'm not saying everybody's like this, but men tend to listen in a way I call converging. That is to say, for a point, for a solution listening to 